What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? Today we got another game preview on our hands. We're going against the LA Chargers for the second time this season on Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a good episode today, Chiefs Kingdom. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome you all to the Kingdom Connect Podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. You're with your host and producer, Eric Lupartis, certified health and performance trainer, and I hope Chiefs Kingdom is doing very, very well today. Um, we got another game preview on our hands, and we're going against the L.A. Chargers for the second time this season. It's on a Sunday night when it was originally supposed to be a 3 o'clock game. I know we probably all would rather be the 3 o'clock game, so we're not up, and especially if it's going to be a freaking nail-biter like most of the time it is when we're playing against them kind of later in the year. It's always crazy when we play the Chargers, no matter what it is. I mean, I know we've kind of like beat beat them pretty big in the past, but just be, just when they've had Justin Herbert, we've kind of been close with them. Um, but they're going through it right now. They got a lot of injuries on that team, so I don't know how it's going to go. I still think it's going to be a close game. For I mean... I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm predicting that it's going to still be a close game. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to go over a little bit of the injuries. Obviously, we know Juju is going to be out, but they just placed McCole Hardman on IR today for his abdomen. Now, um, I don't know if you guys know who Mark Gunnels is, but he's speculating that it's a pen appendix. Now, that hasn't been confirmed anywhere. And I don't think, I don't know if it will. Like it's appendicitis is what he's what he mentioned. And I've known people who've had appendicitis, and it's not good. And you definitely don't want your your appendix appendix to explode or burst, I should say, and because that can happen. And then you know, obviously infections and stuff. And um, but you know, they obviously there's treatment for it nowadays. You know, medicine's better. And we have one of the best health systems ever. So they placed Hardman on IR. I mean, it's not good. You obviously don't want him to be an IR, but it obviously makes the Kadarius Tony trade. You know, it makes that make a lot more sense, obviously. And, um, you know, MVS has kind of been questionable. He kind of had an illness, but I think he's going to be ready uh, for Sunday. Jarek is questionable. Uh, I don't really know what his issue is. I can't remember. And Sneed's uh, questionable as well. I think it's his knee. I mean, that was his knee. It was last week. They kind of had him in a limited practice on Thursday, but he played, obviously, in the game. But it wasn't his best game. I, I, I don't think I mentioned that in the last episode in the review against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably Sneed's worst game this year. He gave up two touchdowns um to uh Christian Kirk which to be honest with y'all I was wrong about him I thought that was kind of a bad move on Jacksonville paying him when he hadn't had the resume but he honestly's been good in Jacksonville so I'm willing to admit and I'm willing to eat my crow on that you know Christian Kirk the only thing I just didn't really like is it blew up the receiver market and made things kind of difficult for a lot of teams who are wanting to like you know pay their next their star receivers 
Um, I'm sure it kind of contributed a little bit of the Tyree kill trade. I'm not going to deny it. I think Devontae Adams was probably more behind that, but um, he's the one who kind of started that wide receiver frenzy um, when they signed him last offseason. But I think Snead's going to play. I'm not sure if Jarek McKinnon is going to play. They haven't really ruled him out yet. Uh, but if he was, I mean, you're stuck with Clyde and you're stuck with Pacheco. That would be a time to elevate Rojo if you're going to elevate three running backs, which most of the time we run three running backs. Now I don't know what I don't know what the um, issue is going to be with Clyde. I mean, Andy said that you know we just. We kind of wanted to go with that. Basically, he was saying we wanted to go with the hot hand. And uh, they wanted to, you know, kind of get the rookie playing a little bit more. And, you know, Clyde understood. And, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, I've had my critique on Clyde. I've, I've, I've had my issues with him as far as like, you know, not being able to stay healthy and, you know, just not being able to play within the scheme. And most of that's not really his fault. He didn't ask to get injured. I know it's not. It's just the best ability is availability. And you were a first-round draft pick. Now, I know that you didn't ask to be a first-round draft pick, but you were. And that's that's going to come with a lot of repercussion if you don't perform to that level and i'll be i'll be 100 percent honest with y'all now george Karloftis, even though he was a end of the year pick i'm not saying that he's gonna have a bad you know he's gonna be bad all through his rookie deal but he you know he hasn't really he only has a half sack he leads rookies and pressures but or he might even lead the NFL in pressures. Maybe I, I wasn't 100% sure if it was league or just rookies. But regardless, he's high in pressures. He's just not fully getting there and being able to get to the quarterback. He's going to get one. I, I believe he's going to get one here and there. He's going to get one soon. But with, you know, Clyde, you know, he didn't ask to be a first-round draft pick. I know. But there's a lot of repercussion that comes with that if you don't perform, like I said. And he hasn't. And it makes sense to why they said, hey, we're going to go with Pacheco. We like what we're seeing out of him. And he's more explosive. And he fits what they want to do in that offense. You know, it was kind of slow at first. But I think that he's starting to get a feel for the offensive line. And, I mean, you saw the buzz in training camp and, you know, about him and how much they were playing him and how much he was running with the ones. And, you know, it, I, I think a lot of people were speculating that he was going to eventually start. You know, I don't remember if I did or not, but I knew for sure that he was going to split carries with Clyde. And I, you know, I think they're, I think they want to use Clyde more in the passing game. You know, I think he's going to be more for that. You know, he's going to be on those clutch downs where we need to get those clutch first downs. Kind of like how White was for Tom Brady. You know, White wasn't really a primary running back, you know. I mean, they ran with him sometimes, but he was more of that receiving back. And I feel like that's kind of where they see Clyde. I, I don't. They're not going to take his fifth-year option. They're definitely not doing that. 
he could potentially be a trade target. Now, his, his last year on his rookie deal is next year. But, you know, you, you never know what could happen. Um, But I don't know what, you know, I, I like I said, I think most of the guys that I mentioned that were on IR, or not IR, sorry, that were questionable are going to play. Obviously, Juju's not, Harbin's not. And uh, we'll kind of find out about Sneed more and Jarek McKinnon. And um, I think that was pretty much it. You know, obviously you got the main people on IR that are out for the season. And the Chargers, they're just battered everywhere. I'm not going to even go over how many injuries they have. I mean, I know they have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams practicing back. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what what percent are they going to really be at? Or is it something where, hey, you know, they kind of have already been healthy for like the last two to three weeks. We've just been resting them because we feel like this is more of an important game for them to be at. Okay, well, so be it. You know, we will have our full defense back because Frank Clark is back and McDuffie has been playing very well. Now, in my personal opinion, I think putting McDuffie on Mike, uh, Mike Williams is a mistake. Watson or uh, Josh Williams need to be on Mike Williams because they are built just like him. McDuffie is good. I want McDuffie to cover guys that he will be able to pass break up. I mean, I'm not saying he can't ever cover Mike Williams, but Mike Williams is known for one thing, high pointing. Justin Herbert just needs to launch the ball up in the air and just high enough for McDuffie can't reach it and just high enough for Mike Williams to catch it. So, I, me personally, I would not do that. Now, last thing I did see uh, when I was watching the All-22 film, and I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode because the twenty All-22 wasn't out yet. Um, they, they had put J- Josh Williams in some of the dime safety sets. Well, at least he was closer to the, uh, the dime backer and, with Nick Bolton. Um, you had him because it was like, I don't know, like, three receiver sets on the, you know, kind of tight on the, you know, on the defensive right side. And, you know, you had obviously McDuffie guarding the boundary and you had Snead in the middle, which I'm assuming he was playing the nickel. And then you had Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill playing deep. And then Josh Williams was pretty much in the, um, was in the uh, interior, was in the nickel essentially, or kind of in that dime safety spot, or at least closer to where the linebacker was. If that's how it was supposed to be played out. Now, Josh Williams could have Josh Williams could be very well playing the nickel role. I don't know. I I think Snead was still playing the nickel, so they had Josh Williams as he's a bigger bodied corner, so it makes sense on why they would have him play in that dime safety spot. And that's, that's just the versatility that Spagnuolo has for his coverages. Now, sometimes I can bite you in the ass because you might be asking too much of a player, you know, and I know players, they want to do what their coaches ask them to do. They want to be able to do it, but sometimes players doing too much might be, you know, the depth of them or could cause injury, you know, a lot of things, you know, you know, broken coverage or whatever the case may be because they don't know how to take on too many things. We don't have a Tyron Matthew, and what I mean by Tyron Matthew, I mean by 2019 Tyron Matthew and 2020 Tyron Matthew, the one that was around the ball all the time and the one that wanted to tackle. But, you know, I think personally, 
I wish Justin Reed, I wish they would keep him more deep. I, I, I feel like, you know, and he does play deep at, at spots. I'm not saying he doesn't, but there's a lot of times where they creep him up the line of scrimmage and he can be a first shirt. He's like kind of inconsistent. There's games where he is on it with the tackling and there's games where he's missing tackles. And, you know, Juan Thornhill is not an all pro. He's not going to be an all pro like he said he was. And I don't think we're going to resign him. You know, it's it's nothing against him. I just don't think it's going to happen. Our safeties probably have been our weakest link in our secondary, in my personal opinion. You know, the only real safety that I could say most guys are probably excited for is uh, Dion Bush, and just because he knows how to hit hard. The one that's actually really smacks somebody. Now, Thornhill uh, put a lick on Mike Williams in the Bucks game, which makes no sense because... You know, they gave a flag on that, and Mike Williams was fine, completely fine, but they didn't want to give it. I'm back. Even... Sorry. Didn't mean to yawn. I'm not going to go there with the whole Juju situation because we all know it's bullshit. I already said how I felt about it in the last episode. Um. Anyways, let's get more deep into this episode. I got to try to make it quick. I got a lot of games on tonight. I got my hockey game. Tampa Bay Lightning are taking on the uh, Calgary Flame. And then I'll be kind of flipping back and forth uh, between that and Thursday Night Football. It is the Tennessee Titans at Green Bay Packers. Um, Probably, you know, obviously a better game. I mean, they got Tannehill back as their starting quarterback. And so that's better than what we've seen out of Malik Willis. Um. But for our offense in this game going against the Chargers Sunday night, I really personally think they need to run the ball a lot against this Chargers defense. They are battered for one. Their secondaries, well, I mean, their secondaries not not really that good outside of Duran James um, because they placed J.C. Jackson on you know IR season-ending IR, and at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to be good like he was in New England. That's just my personal opinion. But their front, like I said, they don't have Joey Bosa. Christian Covington got hurt. You know, they're down to Khalil Mack. Their linebackers are mid, and they just don't know how to stop the run. And Brandon Staley's been a pretty, pretty bad coach. He's been bad coach. I will say he is not. I mean, last year he, you know, he was kind of new. He was new, you know. He was making some like, okay, you're you're risking it, and it was w- working at times. And there was times where it was like, oh, bud, it it bit you, but they gave him the benefit of the doubt because he went into Arrowhead and he won. So people were like, oh, well, that's how you just do it against Kansas City. You just go on fourth down all the time, and look what happened later in this. That's later in the season last year. That didn't go over so well for them. So, obviously, we won the earlier matchup in the season, and that was the the actually first Thursday night game of the year, and that was a 27-24. It was either 27-24 or 21-24. I know it was a three-point game. And I still think this game is going to be close. Just I know they're hurt. I know there's a lot of things going against them at the moment. But it's... It's always tough when you're playing. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I got the hiccup. It's always uh, 
tough when you're playing against the AFC West in your own division. Anyone in your own division is going to be tough. Now, I think we're going to put it on Denver. That's going to be easy. And we may put it on the Raiders. But look at that. We struggled against the Raiders for like a little bit. There's always something about division playing in division. Like you, the games are always different. The games can be nail biters. And this game is for the division. If we win this, we've won the division. The Broncos are, they have lost so many games. They've put themselves through, they've put themselves through hell. They're like what? 500 or four. They're uh, over. They're under 500. They're either at 500 or under 500. I don't give a fuck about what their score legitimately is, but or their record legitimately is. But the and the Raiders are just they're horrible. Like I mentioned in the last episode, our division sucks. Outside of us, our division sucks. We're two games ahead of the Chargers. We can even drop this game and we would we would still be fine. But I I don't think we're gonna drop it. As hurt you know as they are. You know, it's going to be close, but Kansas City, it's, I think, I think we, I think the Chiefs know exactly where, what their mindset is right now. And that is moving forward and running through these teams and trying to make another playoff run. I think Patrick Mahomes' mindset is completely different. I, you know, I think he's finally heard the critics. He's finally was able to listen to it and he is He's he's scorching earth. You know, they said he was going to be gone, done without Tyree Kill. You know, and Tyree Kill's balling down in Miami. He's probably going to be the offensive player of the year. But if he wins, but if Pat wins MVP, it's going to be like, okay, well, they really didn't need each other at the end of the day. They're both just fucking that good. Yeah. Now, obviously, we would rather us be hoisting a Lombardi because I know the, the, the saying is, Mo, you know, the last time that someone won an NFL MVP and then won the Super Bowl was Kurt Warner in 99. That was the last time that that ever happened. So most team, most players who won the MVP either A, got knocked out in the playoffs early or lost in the Super Bowl. Or hell, maybe they were putting up... I'm sure they. I'm sure there's been a team that had an MVP that didn't even make the playoffs because, you know, he would put up so much numbers, but his defense sucked ass... You know, I'm not going to go through the history and try to actually see if that's true, but it would not surprise me. Kelsey kills the Chargers. You know, Duran James plays Kelsey hard, though. I think that Kelsey is going to get schemed open a lot. There's not going to be a lot of situations where you're going to just leave Duran James just so he can drape uh, drape all over Kelsey. Because this is the point. This is the playbook where... It looks like almost like Alex Smith. There was a lot of scheming guys open versus just having world beaters and all these concepts all the time. And not saying they're not running their concepts, you know, that's what Andy Reid likes to do. But it almost feels like they're scheming a lot of guys open now. And I like it because we have the guys that are have yak and they know how to be they, they know how to score. I still saw like I still saw some of the RPOs last game. I, I don't know if I had mentioned this already, but I'm over the RPOs now. There was times where Pat le- allowed the running back running back to take it, allowed Pacheco to take it, and you know he didn't pull it. He did it a couple times, but again, 
it throws the offensive line off no matter what because they don't know what you're going to do. They they want to run first. I think personally this got we got to run a lot of play action in this game. I don't care if Pat's under center as long as there's uh, smart plays that are going to come with it. I think we need to run Pacheco a lot. They're, like I said, their run defense sucks. I think Pacheco can have 100 yards in this game. Hell, if Clyde even plays, he could probably break off a 70-yard run. But I personally think that this this game, we have to run the ball just as hard as we ran the ball last game and just be balanced. Be balanced like we were. Now, as far as our defense, I think we I, I need to see three-plus sacks again. You know, we had five last game. We're This is by far probably the best year as far as sacks goes. I mean, I, I don't know. I think Spagnuolo's first year, we had a lot of sacks. This year, we're getting a lot of sacks. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm enjoying it. You know, it's just showing that we're getting home. And that's a obviously a testament to the coverage from the backside. You know, McDuffie being back and, you know, having Willie Gay who can run sideline to sideline, take away certain things that quarterbacks might, you know, try to bail to. Like, you know, maybe a running back in the flat or, you know, you kind of buzz him out a little bit out there. You know, so that's, you know, I I think this defense has been opportunistic. And I know we don't have the turnovers, but we're getting the sacks. And I and I, I love that, you know. We're gonna eventually gonna get some. We're gonna get some strip sacks. We're gonna get some fumble recoveries, and um, I think there's gonna be some picks coming. You know, coming very soon. I think we're like second or third to last in like interceptions. Yeah, we only have two. I think of the year, and I think that was both by the rookies. Um, or no, we have three because Thornhill picked one up. I think in garbage time. But it was mainly uh, uh, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. And speaking of those two guys, we're going to need a lot out of them. Uh, We're going to need a lot out of McDuffie. Uh, I think we're going to see McDuffie on a guy like Palmer or something, you know, or Keenan Allen. I can see him maybe covering Keenan Allen, and I would be okay with that. But Keenan Allen likes to line up in the slot too, so Snead might be taking him. But if Snead, if Snead takes Keenan Allen, you know how how shifty is going to be able to be, depending on how you know how his knee is doing. I don't want him to give up two touchdowns to Keenan Allen. But the good thing about Spagnolo this year is what I noticed is that he likes to make a lot of adjustments, and that's the one thing that I've been appreciative of this defense so far this year is that the adjustments are getting made and they're getting made quick. Um, Chargers can't run the ball. So we have to be able to take advantage of that. I know that they're going to want to pass a lot with Herbert. Herbert's been getting banged up too. You know, they need to go ahead and just fire that whole medical staff. That medical staff should have been gone a long time ago. I don't know why they decide to keep them around. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't know. All right, guys, I'm going to try to wrap this up a little bit. There's not much I really want to go over. I mean, I think the biggest news today kind of was as Hardman going on IR. And, you know, we you know, we just kind of – we have to be aggressive. We just can't – you know, 
they're the Chargers. They're not good. They're not the same Charger team from last year, even though that Charger team even was I don't even know. They ended up with what? Like a nine and seven record, I think. Or a nine and eight record, but they obviously didn't make the playoffs because of their loss to the loss to the Raiders at the end and their coach blew it. Their coach is not good. He sucks. There was a good point that Eric Eager made today, and I was listening to the uh, Red, Gold, and Bold podcast, the podcast with Jeff Tadia, Seren Petro, and Eric Eager. Um, Jeff Tadia works with NFL Network, and Eric Eager was with PFF, now with Sumer Sports, and uh, Seren Petro, he does a lot with A10, and I can listen to Seren Petro talk all day. Very good speaker, appreciate him a lot. Um, but he, you know, Eric Eric Eager had a good point on that podcast. He said, you know, with Justin Herbert, you know, trying to compare to Patrick Mahomes, you know, Justin Herbert's going to have a good career, but he's not going to win a damn thing because he can't manage the game like Pat does because his coach is too boneheaded to be, oh I'm and I'm not quoting him I I don't think he said he's I'm just trying to basically sum up some of what he bases some of the words that he said and you know what I'm saying but you know he pretty much said that the 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 way that Herbert manages the game won't ever win him anything and the way that Pat manages the game is completely different because he's willing to put the game on his back, whereas Herbert, you know, doesn't, you know, because he still tries to play within the the scheme. And that that's pretty much what I what I think he was getting at. And it, and it was a good point. It was, you know, they just don't manage the game the same, and a lot has to do with coaching. Andy Reid realized the quarterback that he had and realized the greatness in him. And Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to run something, he's not going to run something. And Herbert, Herbert, for the most part, I don't know where he's at yet with his mental and how he analyzes the game. But I can tell you right now, he doesn't manage the game like Patrick Mahomes does, and that's the difference between them two. And Pat's just different. 15 is just different. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but we get Frank Clark back on the defense. That's going to be nice. I think having him back with uh, Chris Jones and Karloftis and Dunlap is just going to give that pass rush, just ultra boost. Mike Dan has been healthy, and uh, Colin Saunders just came on. So that's if we can get all these guys just getting after uh, um, uh, Justin Herbert, their line has been bad, you know. They have their they're they're all they're all they're all star left tackles out for the season, and they got a whole bunch of guys that have been just getting hurt. So, you know, we gotta get after him. Really gotta get after him. And you know, I don't know how his ribs are doing. I hope that you know he's not super hurt. You know, I hope that his percentage is a lot better. But I can imagine it's not because, you know, he you made him you made him play, and I think. The problem is the times where they got blown out, he was still in there playing. And it just made no type of sense to me. Made no type of sense. Uh they I think they did put uh they did put Chase Daniel into that Sunday night game because Herbert did get smacked 
when they ejected, I think they ejected Dre Greenlaw on that play, or maybe that was a different play. I don't know. Uh, we all know Justin Herbert's going to play, so it's not like that's not going to happen. But I hope that we, you know, we advance to eight and two, you know, and the Chargers fall to five and five, and we have a basically a green three three game lead and take over the division. I don't think they would just announce right then and there that we won the division. But if we beat the Broncos, at least if we beat the Broncos the first time, then we've won the division because losing to the uh, Raiders, losing to the Raiders or Broncos at least once wouldn't matter because you've already swept the Chargers and you're going to sweep the other team. I'm not saying loot drop both those games. I'm saying you're either going to lose to the Raiders or you're going to lose to the Broncos at least once. You're not going to get swept by any team. So, or you, you're not going to even drop one to any team, I should say. So, you know, I, that's what I personally think. And all these coaches are bad, by but Andy Reid. Hackett, Hackett sounds like a, you know, a, a kid on clouds that has no idea where he's at half the time. Staley, you know, Staley feels like he has to make a thousand decisions all at once. And then he ends up still picking the wrong one or no, 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 no. Better yet, better yet. He, he get he gets the right decision, but get, Nope, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to, I want to do it this way. And then it doesn't work. And then Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels is just a coach. that just does not work as a head coach. And I hate to break it to everybody, but it starts with your head coach. If your head coach is not good, your team is not going to be good. You know, I, I'm not saying that there hasn't been coaches ever carried, but they still had their plans, and their plans went the way that they were supposed to be and why those those teams were successful. Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach. He's good. Patrick Mahomes is good. That combination is what, is going to keep this team dominant as long as Andy Reid's in the building, as long as Pat Stain, Kansas City's quarterback. You know, like I mentioned last episode, we are witnessing the great, the greatest years of Kansas City Chiefs football. So don't take this for granted at all. My score prediction: We're getting close. To, we're actually about getting ready to pull this out. There really wasn't nothing to, like I said, there really wasn't nothing to go over too much. You know, for this preview. I think we're going to win 33 to 27. Like I said, it's going to be close. It's the Chargers. It's in LA, even though I think there's going to be a lot more Chiefs fans there. It's still a divisional opponent and I just I I'm not going to count against them even though their record says who they are really are. They're going to play us hard, but they're not going to really try against other teams or try as hard. So I don't, you know, I don't know who's going to have a day, but I hope whoever does, it's it's consistent and they can stay healthy in this game. Obviously, everybody can stay healthy. You know, if during, I can see Kelsey getting a hundred yards in this game because he's usually a Charger killer. I can see MVS maybe getting 50, 60 yards. Maybe Sky Moore gets some. You know, he gets some play. I honestly think, don't think they will have an answer for Kadarius Tony. I think he's might torch them. That would be fun. That will be fun to watch. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. Like I said, I think we're going to win 33-27. to 27. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get out of here. 
want you guys to go ahead and uh, like this podcast on you know all all audio platforms, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or here on Anchor. Um, you can you know like I said, you could find that, and you could find my actual the actual podcast social media page on Instagram at Kingdom Connect. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Biggie KC, and you can find me on Instagram at Biggie KC. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode today, and we'll see you Sunday night when we walk out of L.A. with the dub when we take over the AFC West for the seventh year in a row. And with that being said, the connect is always real.